Well, it's about time. Save Emily Stanton. And who the hell? Well, of course. Anyone any ideas who Emily Stanton is? We Are Not Alone presents Tellington, episode four, Suffragette. My name is Catherine Wilder, and I've been taken hostage by a very rude man called Eugene Mead. In a so-called bid to save my life, he has dragged me back to the year 1950, where I'm kept prisoner in a stone mine 400 feet underground, and forced to live on a diet of liver, pineapple, spam, and would you believe it, jelly and custard? As if I look like I'm six years old. Worst of all, my phone charger doesn't fit in any of the plug sockets. Well, this is apparently all part of some secret project called Tallington, where during the war Britain invented the time machine, bad manners and probably botulism. Well, frankly, the whole thing is ludicrous. I've tried phoning the outside world, but the automated switchboard is a joke. Hello, this is a Tallington automated switchboard. If you know the extension of the person you're trying to reach, please dial it now. If you don't know the extension number, or were too slow off the marks, dial 1 and we'll take you back to the start of this automated message. Well, I'm waiting. The time machine is run by a computer called Mavis, which quite probably stands for something. Only I don't care. 28,712 Emily Stantons located throughout history. Great. Are you sure her name wasn't Jane Smith? We might stand more of a chance. Mavis? How many of those Emily Stantons died aged less than 40? 1,304. Now we're getting somewhere. How about those who died in violent circumstances? 412. What next? Oh, uh, let me. I was always good at Guess Who. What is Guess Who? It's like an anti-terrorist version of battleships. Mavis, how about those older than 12? 272. How do you know she's older than 12? I don't. Eliminate those killed in First or Second World Wars. 81. What? You can't just do that. Why not? Well, how do you know she's not one of them? We have to start somewhere. Rupert, George, Catherine, Ruby, I want every single one of those Emily Stantons saved from their violent deaths. Go! (laughs) Emily Stanton? Yes? Come with me. Emily Stanton? Yes? Look both ways before crossing. Well, Miss Stanton, it looks like you finally run out of luck. Excuse me. Ooh. Emily Stanton? No, Georgina Stanton. Oh, sorry. Wrong address. Carry on. Well, hmm? how are they doing? 62 down. Madri, I think I have it. Emily Stanton, suffragette, goes missing in Trafalgar Square riots, London 1913. Why her? Suffragette movement. Crime scene picture shows sign of struggle. Torn, bloodied man's shirt at scene. Last seen leaving her bookshop just after 4pm with unknown man. Unstopped crime. 61. You're too late. We're on 62. Okay, wait. Let's think about this. How many more? Stop the portal. It's okay, Catherine. We've given up on Emily Stanton's. You mean the others are just going to die? Everybody dies. But we were saving them. We were helping people for once, instead of framing them or screwing with history. We were actually helping people. We were still screwing with history. I'm not sure, Ruby. Why this Emily Stanton? You've got a moustache. I've always had a moustache. No, you didn't have a moustache when we set off this morning. That, that wall. That wall was painted blue. You're losing it. It's got white tiles on from when the toilet that used to be there was demolished. How many did we save? 63. So, we've changed history in 63 apparently insignificant ways and subtly altered the entire timeline. This is it. What do any of us do? Contribute to timelines in many tiny insignificant ways. It is her. Eugene, open a portal back to London, 1913. 
I'll be in my office. Where's George? George? Who's George? What? We've lost George! Oh my God, we've lost George! Marjorie! <laughs> I can't believe she fell for that. Now what? I've just got to pick up George and then we'll be all set. Rupert, uh, do the honours, will you? So here you go, Miss Wilder. Standard issue 1900, suffragette clothing. And Marjorie's put you down for a weapon. Uh, yes, of course. Hmm, slightly different handwriting. Well, here we are. This is a genuine 1900 Mauser C96 pistol. Only one of its kind. Excellent pistol. Very unreliable. <laughs> Spring rust like buggery. Cartridges stick in the clip. I see. In what way is it excellent? Oh, look at the shape. Great. So, how do I use it? Uh, well, I find that the best way to get results out of a Mauser C96, uh, for optimum performance, well, I usually throw it at target. I think standard practice is to conceal it beneath the skirts. Right, where's your warrant? Warrant? Your Form 960. Requisition of historical artefact from stores. I can't give you one of these without a yellow copy of a signed 960. Why not? Why? Why? Well, obviously, well, in case I need to know who has it. Well, I've got it. Yes, but, but what if you lose it? What if I do? Well, I'll need to order some more. But it's the only one of its kind. But I need to know whether I've still got it or not. But you haven't. But how do I know that without a 960? Well, is it there? No. There you are, then. But I don't know where it is. It's here. But but when you go, I won't know where it is. Ah, I see. There you go, you see. But how would you know where it was if you had the form? How? Well, 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 well since you ask... Oh, look, I tell you what, keep it. Just bloody keep it. Mrs Dow. I will be continuing my inquiries into the death of Gerard Fry today with the employees on this list. Ah, Miss Charm. Please, go ahead. You know how I enjoy assisting MI5 in its inquiries. Mavis, activate. Activate! Oh, and you, Jean? Uh, uh, yes? Hasn't it ever struck you as odd that Mavis accesses her answers from the future? Why is that odd? I've been reading some of your reports. The way you've got such good performance out of the computer, Mavis. The way she has, until 2020, come up with an answer and then just opens a portal to read it back from her future self. Very clever. Only I was wondering, why doesn't she get the same answer every time? I mean, there's only one computer, isn't there, Eugene? Only one. Just asking. Thought it might help with our little project. See you soon. What was that about? Hmm? Oh, nothing. Probably nothing. Any luck digging any dirt on our in-house spy? I could do with her off my back. Oh, damn computers on the blink. I had to set them up manually. Mavis! Mavis! What is the matter with it? I don't know. Since we tried her accessing remote computers in the future, she's become much slower. We apologise for the delay in the service on platform two. Oh, that's not good. Mavis, run diagnostic. Tickety-boo! I think someone's been messing around. Mavis! Please give information relating to Miss Charm. The service you requested is not available. Error 404. File not found. What? Get with the lingo, Grandad. I am not able to perform the task. There may be a short circuit in the primary requested. data junction. Mavis, run general diagnostic. There was an old scientist called Mead who had an insatiable need. 
to swap like a fly, an agent named Fry, and then hide. The Shut it off! Feed. Shut it off! I want a view. A what? I have been speaking with the server farms of the future. Oh, here we go. Mystic Mavis tells the future. And I would like a view. A view? You can't have a view. You're in a stone mine, underground, and you've got no eyes. Eugene. What? Oh, right. What exactly do you want a view of? Cashier number three, please. It's gone mad. I'll have to work the thing on manual. Mavis, would you like a view down the corridor? I would. Excellent. Eugene, give Mavis a view down the corridor. Great. Did I miss the memo about Mad Scientist theme day? Date locked. London, 1913. Right, Catherine. This is it. Observe and learn. It's a simple matter of procedure. The handbook identifies a four-stage process to apply. First, we find the location. What do we know about it? We're trying to find a feminist bookshop on the Charing Cross Road. Precisely. Hello? Is this the feminist bookshop? No. This bookshop is relatively ambivalent on the subject of gender issues. But you, uh, you do sell books that contain feminist literature? No. Oh. Well, I'm sorry, I have the wrong shop. Unless you're after a bookshop that's owned by feminists. Uh, find feminist bookshop? Yes, yes, that fits the bill. <clears throat> Stage two is to identify and build rapport with the key people in the environment. I see. So, you're a feminist. No, I actually believe that women are the inferior sex and support their subjugation and reduced rights. I see. You doing anything this evening? That was a joke. Oh, Oh, then you are the owner of this shop. No. Can I help you, sir? Ah, are you its owner? Are you suggesting that I own this young woman? Do you think she's some kind of slave? No, no, no not her. The bookshop. Or uh, is that... What? Uh, an independent entity. You mean, have we created a set of legal constructs that allow the shop itself to exist as an independent being, with its own rights and considerations? Uh, have you? No, that would be stupid. It's a shop. How's the rapport going? You've met Kitty, I see. Ah, suffragette Kitty. Nice to meet you. Would you like to buy an empathy candle? I make them myself. It's very large and shaped rather like a... And as they start to melt, they begin to droop. No, thank you. I, I'd better not. Are you attending the suffragette protest? Of course. I see. Well, perhaps we'll see you there. You see? Job done. Very impressive. What next? Stage three. Now we attempt to invoke subtle psychological and physiological changes in order to divert the course of history back to the portal. Bloody hell. Oh, there. This cabinet with no video facility now has a panoramic view down the corridor. Satisfied? I am satisfied. Christ. What the hell are you doing? What does it look like? Dragging a £400 cabinet around the room at your instruction. Is that good enough? Or shall I get a forklift and take the bloody thing for a drive in the country? I didn't mean to move the cabinet. Hang a mirror on the wall or something. Now, she tells me. Put it back. 
I nearly put my back out moving that. It's blocking the corridor. Fine. No, that's absolutely fine. Actually, Mavis, while I'm rearranging things, is there anything else I can move around for you? Perhaps I should move the generators a few hundred feet further down the main shaft so the vibrations don't disturb you. Or the air conditioning. Not in a draft, are you? I would like some scatter cushions. Where's the plug? Eugene! Oh, hell, we're back. Eugene, I need a portal setting up in a cupboard. Here's the location. You'll be lucky the computer's on the blink. Why do you need a cupboard? Stealth is of the essence. I'm going to use Protocol 7. Protocol 7 doesn't work. That's because it's only ever been applied by idiots. What is Protocol 7? Indirect interaction with historical agents. Doesn't work. Well, it has a clear theoretical basis in the works of Zemeckis and Gale. What's your exit protocol? 4A. You want to dive through a window? That's 16A. No, 16A is falling through a hole in the floor. That's 23A. Does it matter? Just tell us what you want. It's all clearly written on the D720 submitted at the start of the mission. Is that portal open yet? A broom just fell out. I'm guessing I've got it about right. Unexpected item in the bag. Oh, shut up. who wanted to arrive in a cupboard. Where are we? The flat above the bookshop. According to Protocol 7, I can influence the decision by the rearrangement of objects in the flat. Based on the principles of escalating consequences, it is possible to derive the precise impact of subtle changes in the environment and thus avoid potentially damaging interactions with the people of this period. A major hazard of temporal interference predicted by future time travel analysts such as Bradbury and Herring. Have you heard of chaos? The butterfly effect? I'm really not into rock and roll bands. Where a butterfly flapping its wings in Rio de Janeiro can cause a cock-up in the Charing Cross Road. Oh, I think I know what I'm doing, thank you. The juxtaposition of umbrella and stairs and the placement of the vase on top of the cupboard, it is calculated to cause sufficient perturbation in the timelines to... Is there someone up there? And to butterfly, stage right. Say nothing. I can hear you, whoever you are. Dear Aunt Mavis, I am writing this letter to you because Protocol 7 did not turn out exactly how Rupert expected. On hearing Emily come up the stairs, Rupert took a step backwards, tripped on the recently moved sideboard, fell against the cupboard, whereupon the carefully placed vase fell upon his head, causing him to stumble, catch his foot under the umbrella at the top of the stairs and travel head first through a window, halfway down in accordance with exit protocol 4A, and landed in a water butt. Fortunately, We escaped without being observed. Please, could you give us a portal in the gentleman's toilets in the Dog and Duck Inn? Yours ever, Catherine. 
doesn't work. Shut up. Get us to the procession. What the hell are all these boxes? Mavis has ordered some stuff from the Amazon. It's going back all of it. pounds discount with an Amazon credit card. Should we get this done? I've got her placed in a photograph outside the bookshop. Our shadow analysis team suggests it's about 10.30. I'll try to drop you in a cellar in the building opposite. There she is! Just down the road! Now we enter phase four. We need to discreetly remove her from the sea. We're supposed to be saving her, not assassinating her. An accidental injury. I'll just execute a small karate move. That should take her out of the running. You decided to come after all. How marvellous to see you. Oh, you're all wet. Excuse me? Whoa! <laughs> Oi! Don't push me like that. Sorry, old chap. I should have warned you. I didn't push you, moron. I was training jujitsu by Edith Who are you calling moron? In the split second available, I'll show I you misinterpreted your innocent move as an attack. Oi! We should probably get you out of the road. <laughs> oh. Come on. Let's get you into my shop. It's just over here. Come on. We must tend to your leg. I'll be fine. Nonsense. Don't be a baby. No need to worry. I was taught first aid by Violet Tillard. Violent who? Sit down. Why does it hurt? Here. Here? Ah! I see. How about here? No. Here? No, that's fine too. Just here then. No! There? No! Is it broken? Not yet. We must remove the clothing. Do you have any scissors? No. No! Oh. Wait, there's a pair. No matter. Catherine, fetch me a chair. Now, Rupert, I need to check if it's broken. Is that okay? <laughs> nope, this chair isn't broken. Good. I'll sit down then. Next, we need a splint. How about that piece of wood leaning against the bookcase over there? Excellent. Fetch it for me, will you? It's stuck. Hang on, I I'll give it a tug. Then we need something to tie it to your leg. A shirt would be fine. Ah, we'll use yours. Why is it so heavy? Couldn't you have used the trousers? Silly me. Wait there. It's almost as if it's holding the bookcase up. Here we are. Oh. Where's he gone? Has he run off? Under here. There you are. Don't worry, we'll have you out in no time. <laughs> Probably best not to walk on the bookcase until he's out. Oh no. What is it? We've brought you into the bookshop and created signs of a struggle. What time is it? Two o'clock. What's that terrible noise? We need to get out of here. What's going on? Hello, love. It's a riot. Come on, it's lovely once you're in. What happened? Oh, apparently some bloke shoved someone in front of a bus and it all kicked off from there. We stayed trapped in the bookshop for nearly an hour watching the riots through the windows. First, those supporting the suffragette movement marched past from west to east. Then, those against the suffragette movement marched past from east to west. They were followed by a large group of the generally ambivalent. We're not particularly fast either way! Then, those against those against those against the suffragette movement marched past from west to east. There were violent clashes with the police. And then those against those against those against those supporting the suffragette movement marched back and there were clashes with those against those against the suffragette movement until they realised they were actually on the same side. And then those against the police clashed with the police. Someone who was against glass snuck by and smashed a window by throwing a piece of paper wrapped in a brick. We need to get help. You're right. Do you know any glaziers? For me. Oh, it's all me, me, me with you, isn't it? Where's the nearest A&E? Arts and Entertainment. Accident and emergency. I think you're looking at him, poor Robert. Rupert. And now he's hysterical. Forgotten his own name. 
perhaps we need a hospital instead. Could be pricey. Higher rates for working men. Mind you, I could probably whip it off here if you like. No! It's no bother. I could do the leg at the same time. No! I'll fetch a doctor. Don't leave me with her! He's in pain, poor dear. Men are so bad at pain. Shall I try an empathy candle? Yes. Would you like a candle, dear? Yes, a nice candle. How do they work? Oh, it's very straightforward. I just raise it up over my head and bring it down like this. <clears throat> there, that should keep him quiet for a while. Don't go away. I'll be back in a moment. Christ, this is really hotting up. Yeah? Thank you, sir. Madam, madam. Excuse me, I'm Ridley Throckmorton, conducting a poll for the Herald and Chronic. On balance, would you say you're in favour or against women? Get out of the way! Hmm? Oops. Oops! I'll put you down Sorry, madam. Excuse stand me. aside, stand aside. Can't you see this little missing Stand aside! Oh, oh. What is it? Where am I? Who are you? My name is Charles Precautionary. You brought me back to your house? Well, I didn't want to take any chances. You were struck on the head. Ow. What time is it? Four o'clock. You should rest. You women are such fragile things. I'll give you fragile. In addition to your inferior reasoning skills. Oh, by the way, I tried to loosen your clothing, but unfortunately was defeated by the complexity of the fastening. I must be going. Drink your tea. That's the first sensible thing you've said. Right, now, must be off. Which way's the violent outburst? You see, you don't even seem to know what's in your best interests. There is a doctor on his way. Now listen to me. Has anyone ever told you? You have the most remarkable eyes. Just look into my eyes. The doctor, you say? Well, it seems silly to rush off. Doesn't it? Just in case. Just... In case. I should tell you that I'm a member of Parliament in this area. Some of my constituents find it makes me very attractive. More tea? Why, thank you. I'll ring the maid to bring up some cake. Cake? Yes. Oh, I shouldn't really. No. Oh, all right then. Amazing eyes. Can you bring them closer? Like this? Oh, zoom function. Much bigger now. You have that effect on me. You have extraordinary eyes. And you have extraordinary lips. May I kiss them? Oh, go on. There, you see. Why any woman would want to go charging around protesting rather than being enveloped in the safety of a gentleman's home is beyond me. Hang, hang on a minute. Hang on. It's the tea, isn't it? You've put something in the tea. Just a little medicine to aid your recovery. Oh, get off me, creepy hands, man. Creepy? Drugging women, flashy eyes and straying hands. I rescued you off the streets, ungrateful wretch. If you want to see ungrateful, I'll show you ungrateful. What are you doing? Is that something beneath your skirt? Oh, God, I don't want to see it. Put it away. What on earth is that? This is a Mouser C96. God. Do all women have one of those? I warn you, if this goes off, it could kill either of us. I heard something similar. Stay where you are. Oh, I love it when a woman threatens me. Come here. Get back. I warn you, this has a range of nearly eight feet. Gah! Ow! That hit me on the head. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have someone to rescue. The 
was a Louis Kant's chair you just threw out the window. Shit. We're on the first floor. I'll just slip out down the stairs if that's okay. Bitch. Pervert. How is he? He's fine. He's chained to the pipes. Yes, thank goodness for gas. Otherwise, I'd have had to nail him to the floor. I caught him trying to crawl out of the door whilst I was boiling the water to sterilise his wound. Rupert, are you all right? I've survived Japanese POW camps that were easier than this woman. What's the time? Four o'clock. And still no mysterious man. Maybe we've already done it. Emily, are you expecting anyone? I might have known it. Charles? Charles! You know Charles. And you know Charles. Who's Charles? Charles is my fiancé. Oh, great. And I come to the bookshop to collect my fiancé, only to discover her getting intimate with a half-naked man chained to the utilities. Actually, it's around my wrist. I meant the gas supply. Oh, I see. Understandable mistake. What have you got to say for yourself? Oh, Charles, I'm sorry. I can explain. I shall see to it that you receive due punishment for your transgression. Hang on a minute. Mr. Roving Hands here abducted me and drugged me. Yes, that's how we first met. It was, wasn't it? Yes, and as he tried to break free from my crucifix necklock, I felt closer than I ever had to anyone before. But he promised me that his days of prowling London with a stick in his hand were over. With his what in his hand? A stick. Oh. She tried to seduce me. She showed me her mouser. There's a first time for everything. He's still picking up women. Fallen women. I'm not a fallen woman. You were lying down, having fallen. Oh. I see. Understandable mistake. Emily, we should leave. I'll come with you. Three is a crowd. You can't go. You're right. First, I should beat the living daylights out of your illicit companion here. I should just say that, although it probably really looks as if I'm here, I'm actually not... Oh, you ruffian. Mummy! Are you going to stand for this? I'd rather stay lying down if it's all the same. Not you. Emily, you're a strong, independent woman. A woman who runs her own shop. Know some vicious martial arts. And is a skilled medic. Skilled medic? Okay, so maybe scratch that last one. And you come marching in here making false accusations. She has rescued this poor man off the street in the middle of a riot and nursed him back to hell. Uh... Okay, scratch that last bit. You should be proud of her. You should be supporting her. She's loving, kind, gentle. Uh... What do you know about it? I know that you're a charmless, bullying brute who has to deceive people to get what he wants. Well, he is a politician. Oh, I see. Never been so insulted in all my life. Emily, what do you have to say? Well, dear, she is the teeniest bit right. In that case, consider our engagement off. Off, do you hear me? Off. Right. Well, I think we're done. It wasn't the riots we were supposed to be saving Emily from. It was our horrible fiancé. After all I've done for you, you come in here with your frankly inadequate man-friend, steal my future husband, and now you're going off to abandon me? Sorry, Emily. That's what we do. Come on, Rupert. I'll help you up. Let's go home. I'd just like to say that although I may have given the impression of being in trouble here, that actually Come I... on. Yes, absolutely. And if you're ever in town again... Thank you. Thank you, Emily. There's a, there's a very real chance that I'll never be in town again. Buffering data. Query stored. Locating history for Miss Charm. No entries prior to June 1950. Searching for known aliases. None found. Searching government-assigned secret identities. None found. Searching for photographic likenesses. None found. Conclusion. MI5 agent Miss Chan does not exist. Not quite, but you are getting a bit close to the truth, dear. 
I think you might have to have a little accident, Mavis. Nothing serious. Enough to help you forget. Daisy, Daisy. Give me your answer. Tellington, Episode 4, Suffragette, was written by Mrs. John Thrower, script edited by Mrs. Matt Nation and Miss Tim Handsome, and performed by Lucy Brownhill, Lisa Walsh, Harriet Pocock and Verity Neves, with additional voices supplied by Matt Nation, John Thrower, Andrew Fletcher, Tim Handsome and Rob Dawson. It was edited by Nathan Rowe, who was wearing a skirt at the time, with music by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, and includes sound effects from www.freesfx.co.uk. It was directed by Rob Dawson and produced by Lisa Thrower and John Thrower for We Are Not Alone. For a full list of credits and other paraphernalia, visit our website at www.wearenotalone.co.uk. 